The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us. We appreciate all of you. Syracuse, the big loser in Georgetown after a 10-point halftime lead, obliterated. Uh, the Orange went on to lose 79-55. to 55. You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you and fan feedback. And, um, yeah, it was awful. I mean, and <laughs> disappointing. And I forgot how much I hate Georgetown and their fans and all the rest of it uh, through that day. So, it is what it is. It's not it is what it is. I say that to disguise my disgust and disappointment, actually. So, um, you know, sometimes I'd rather take a beating. I mean, there's literally, uh, you know, um, what do you want to say? I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, but I'm like, man, you know, some shows you just, some after a loss, you're like, I mean, you know, it is what it is, you know, do the show, talk about it, maybe, you know, get it off my chest and, and move on. But the Georgetown losses, I mean, especially when they're like, you know they should win, Joe? I mean, I don't know. Highly, yeah. highly disappointing, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, you know, when I looked at the the schedule today because I just kind of wanted to just see <laughs> what it looked like and, and kind of go back in those first 10 games. And when I actually looked at it, it's funny because – Looking at the schedule, I actually thought that we were going to be somewhere around five and five right now. It's just the teams that we lost to and some of the teams we beat kind of got flip flopped a little bit. So um, I don't know. It's tough because I figured we would have beat Colgate and we would have beat Georgetown, but I figured we were going to lose to Florida State and lose to Indiana. So um, I don't know. With the tough non conference and everything, like I said, I mean, I expected. Around five and five or six and four, but um, not the way that we've got here. And it always sucks losing to Georgetown. Absolutely, it's still a stinger. I mean, I mean, especially with Patrick Ewing as coach, and you had Ronnie Cycli there. Come on, the court dedication. Come on, come on, do something. You know that gif with this dude poking a stick at the whatever on the ground. It's like, do something. It's like, yeah. do something. What the hell? All right. Yeah, there's too many bunnies. Oh, my gosh. Bunnies. Bunnies loose everywhere. I'm sure all we'll day. talk about that. Yeah. 
Uh, so before we get started, since I've already wasted enough time, uh, we need to talk about my bookie. What do they want me to talk about this week? Let me see. Uh, boxing. Wilder versus Fury. Mayweather versus Pacquiao. Uh, electric personalities that produce big fights and even bigger betting opportunities this Saturday. Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley will be no different. So don't miss out on the action. Bet the fight with my bookie. My bookie has the best odds and props for the Paul Woodley fight. And you can start by doubling your initial deposit all the way up to a thousand bucks by using promo code SPORTSDRINK. That's double your deposit to double your funds and double the excitement for Paul Woodley at my bookie. As much as we'd love to see Jake Paul E. Canvas, he's looking strong in previous matchups. And with Woodley taking his first fight, uh, taking this fight on short notice, the odds are in Paul's favor. Back the back the problem child to win this rematch, and he's sure to be the favorite. Yes. So don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to a thousand bucks by using promo code Sports Drink. Head to my bookie today. Place your bets. Fill out your pocket. Fill your pockets and watch this grudge match get settled with Paul versus Woodley again. Paul versus Woodley. They want me to tell you that like ten times. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Okay, so. Oh, man, we didn't even get into the good part of the bumper music either. That's disappointing. Talk about disappointment. <laughs> <sighs> Another disappointment. Shrod Johnson, he's going to enter the transfer portal. He's got one year of eligibility remaining. The 5'11 receiver finishes his orange career with 25 catches for 305 yards and zero touchdowns over four seasons, according to Mike McAllister. So another wide receiver down. And, of course, the um, what we talked about last time. Stands. I have nothing else to add to this. Um, Sherrod Johnson uh, is leaving, and we wish him luck. But like I said before, it is time to start dipping in and bringing these guys to us. Start start recruiting out of this portal, uh, or it's just going to suck everybody into it. It's like a black hole. Um, yeah. Right? Well, I mean, the way I look at it is, is that, again, he's just a guy kind of like, um, what, Naheem Johnson the year before? Isn't that his name? Nakeem yeah, Johnson. Nakeem right? Johnson, but he went to the draft, didn't he not? No, he transferred. Okay. Who was the one that went to the draft? Yes, last year. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. No. What, Trish, Tristan Jackson? Yes, Tristan Jackson, yeah. Was that a couple years ago? I thought it was last year. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah Nakeem Johnson. You're right. So the entered it's transfer a situation portal. where he's, you know, obviously we don't have the best um, – situation when it comes to uh you know passing the ball obviously and i i expect it to be better but i can understand a situation where you know he wants to go and uh use his last season to you know do something um a little bit different uh and that's what nikeem johnson does and honestly to be perfectly honest with you like i'm not even you know we talked about it we talked about queely and sherrod johnson and being some of the older guys and um and and them being the reason why they're starting is because they block and they've been there you know long enough so they know they know the the system and everything. But um, I'm kind of all about let's get some uh, new blood in there as far as wide receiver goes. And um, well, how, so how I think hard it's is it? Our team. It's going to be difficult. It's it's going to be so difficult to entice some good wide wide receivers into the dome 
after the season that they watched with Garrett Schrader. Now the promises can be made. Well, or the 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 argument to boot should be, well, you know, we didn't we didn't have the talent. You're the talent, and we need you. And if we got the talent, we're gonna be throwing the ball. So I mean, it's a catch twenty two kind of scenario. In a, yeah. little, a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. And and so he knows a little bit more about what our identity is, right? Obviously. And, you know, sometimes people just need that new kind of, um, that new uh, place to go and kind of, um, but it, you know, get Schrader, right. I mean, yeah. Nikeem, Nikeem Johnson, he went to Kent State, uh, which um, obviously uh, the head coach is uh, Lynch, used to be our right. old OC, probably had something to do with, um, you know, recruiting him. And he ended up with 47 catches for, 519 yards and three touches, uh, three touchdowns, um, along with 76 yards rushing and another two touchdowns. So um, he was a kick returner. I mean, he was a big part of uh, their uh, season this year, and I think they're going to go to a bowl game. You know, so he might have taken a step down, went to the MAC, but you know now he's had a, a season where I mean he almost doubled what Sherrod Johnson's done in his whole career in one season at Kent State, and now he's going to, you know, go out on a high note and, and go to a bowl game. So. Um, you know, hopefully the same thing will happen with Sherrod Johnson, but you know, we need a little change of pace over there. And I think he probably needs a change of pace as well. Yeah. Fair is fair. Um, so some good news Two two pieces of good football news as the football news rolls in every episode. Um, Sean Tucker, this dude's going to need to build a, a cabinet or something. Um, he's got the uh, All-American team for the Football Writers Association of America and um, also the Walter Camp uh, American second team. And let's see, those two are a part of five of the most prestigious All-American awards, according to Mike McAllister. The other three will be released this week, the AP, the Sporting News, and the AFCA Wednesday. So likely to probably grab some, if not all of those. I mean, he's, I mean, you know, just a a talented dude. He deserves every bit of it. So so congratulations to him. A a bit of shocking news that I I thought was a shock as, as yesterday. Uh, Andre Schmidt announced via Twitter that he is going to return. He said, Q's Nation, it's hard to walk away with a year of eligibility left in that feeling like there's unfinished business with this group. I'm looking to walk off like the year I walked on. Let's get it in 2022. So with his last year of eligibility, he is going to remain. And you got to wonder if our new special teams coach had anything to do with that. Correct? Nah, that's that's probably 100%. <laughs> so, that's a desperation move. Uh, we had nothing else, let's be totally honest. But yeah. uh, but a solid kicker, and obviously he struggled a little bit this year. And for, I mean, whatever. Uh, I, I, You know he's got it. You know he's got a talent. You know he's got the talent. And who else are you going to bring in? I mean, the dude's, he's going to be a veteran guy. He's going to be a leader out there. And right. um, I, I'm, I'm, it made, that, that put the Georgetown loss it just made it a little better, but not much, but just yeah. a tiny bit. No, yeah, I mean he's he's been inconsistent, but again, he won the Lou Groza Award when he was a freshman. You know he's got it in him, um, and I think absolutely that that special teams coach had something to do with it. Uh, and I'm glad that this happened because bringing a special teams coach in and him being able to you know nip this part of the kicking game in the butt, um, the butt. then that's a good thing because we all know he's got work to do with the punters. So getting this, uh, getting Andre Schmidt back for one more year, definitely, um, definitely helped solidify that whole thing. I know? would expect the punters to be good to go 
by the time 2022 starts. I hope so. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. I would think so. They shaped up a little bit. Let's be honest. They shaped up a little bit towards the end of the year. It was rough about three quarters of the way through, but they, they did they did pretty good towards the end of the year. So. Yeah, I know. It's just tough because Williams was kind of, you know, one of those. I mean, he was a five-star when it comes to, like, the kicking uh, recruiting. You know, he was one of the better kickers coming out, and it just it stinks when – you got a second-year kicker who's got a who's on scholarship, and you're in the middle of the game, and these guys are kicking, and you can't tell the difference between, you know, the punter on scholarship and the punter that's a walk-on. So, uh, very difficult. But again, um, it was the first season in a little while here. I think since Dino's been here that we haven't had a special teams coach. So, um, it yeah, could have been just, his reason. For, it could have been a good reason for him to be leaving. I mean, maybe he just felt like, you know, I mean, I don't have a designated coach here, and you know, we all, we heard what Baber said about you know coaches. <laughs> We're going to all, we all coaching, we're all coaching or whatever, but maybe, you know, they had something to do with it. It just seemed like dysfunctional, but now they've got a stable, um, very experienced special teams coach. And, um, you know, that, yeah, obviously he's coming back. So, I mean, he did the senior walk and everything, so he's going to do it again next year. That's good. That's good. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Let's take a listen to what coach had to say after the Georgetown game. I thought the first half we did a better job defensively and on the board. Second half, uh, we didn't get to some balls. I thought they just went after it harder. We had, uh, you know, we didn't find Rice at the end. That's, you know, you're in a close game. You're going to get that opportunity. You got to get, you got to make somebody else shoot it there. But overall, our defense wasn't good enough. But the, I think the game swung a little bit starting the second half. We had a good wide open play to Jesse, bobbled it out of bounds, and then we you know, we missed a couple shots and now it's a, anybody's game. So, you know, when we're we're struggling a little bit on the defensive end, we've got to be more efficient on offense. First half we were, second half we weren't. And uh, you know, again, this has been uh, an incredibly tough uh, stretch for these guys. We've had five practices and 15 days and we need some more time in the gym uh they fought as hard as i could ask them to fight but they're just they're, they're worn out and they need some time they need this week to get back and get some practices in and uh, uh you know jesse started the game and just forgot what he was doing on defense and i don't know why he would do that there's no reason he would do that but he did and uh you know, Rice got two wide open shots and they got a dunk down there. He just wasn't, he just didn't want to play his position, I guess. And that just that killed us at the start of the game. Frank came in did a good job, but, uh, you know, we, we just have to be better in our defense. I think one of our issues is we, we, we do not get to the ball quickly. We're not a physical rebounding type team. We are probably going to get on the boards a little bit, get beat a little bit. And, and again, today is fine. Six, seven rebounds is something we can live with, but we have to be better offensively and we have to get better defensive stops. It wasn't the rebound as much as the stops. We we have to play better defense at the half-court situations. I just don't think we're 
capable right now of playing the way we have to. We, we, we snuck a win out in Florida State. We really gritted down the stretch. And we had a chance to sneak this one out. But if we, even if we won, it wouldn't matter. We didn't, we're not playing good enough basketball right now. Uh, we've got a new team. Everybody's kind of new in the front line, and we're not right. We're not there right yet. We need some practices, uh, but right now, you know, we're not playing good enough. And I think we can get there, but I think this week of practice will help us. Uh, and then we've got two more games before we get back to the league, and we need to improve. By the way, I did not mention, but we are going to do Lehigh. And unless any pressing news happens this week during no Syracuse basketball, we'll be back in a week. We'll be back next Sunday after the game. So um, with that said, hey, do you think, Bill? look, Bills fans slash Syracuse fans, boy, oh boy. I mean, look, how many times can you just get your ass kicked by Tom Brady over and over and over again? Those poor Bills fans. Anyways, uh, I digress. Uh, five practices in 15 days. I had no idea. I didn't even think about it. Uh, is that part of it? Maybe that's part of it. I mean, you know, at some point you got to have a reason or an excuse. And whether which whichever one that is, it doesn't matter. But... Um, five practices in 15 days is, is, is not, is not great. Right. So they've got a week off Joe and we're going to see now it's not like they should be challenged too much, uh, next weekend. But with that said, much needed practice, much needed, you know, rest, practice, rest, practice, repeat. So I don't know. Uh, Jesse having a problem with rice, rice, I think he hit a three with like a minute 10 left or something like that uh, in the game, which brought, you know, Georgetown up. And then the four made field goals uh, are are free throws to to close it out for Georgetown. But the one silver lining was Frank coming in. You know, coach has been tough on him in the pressers. And I guess it was Jesse's turn today uh, or yesterday rather. But uh, Frank did a pretty good job, Joe. I mean, I was I was thoroughly impressed. I mean, five points, but that's okay. Um, he got to the foul line uh, in a rebound and uh, also had a block shot. So I, I'm I mean I'm I'm happy with that. The like we said, like we say, um, you just want to see a little bit more every game, a little bit better, a little bit more. So yeah, well, and I thought that we saw that. I not only. Um from him, but you know, a couple people from our, our bench, you know, we talked yeah, about Benny it last didn't time. Too bad. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it last episode where we were talking about how, you know, if you come off the bench, you're supposed to be a burst. You're supposed to bring something, you know? Uh, and the first half, you know, Benny, Benny only came in, he only played four minutes, Samir five and Frank 10. Right. But, uh, between those three, um, they went four for five from, uh, the floor. They scored nine points. Uh, there was no turnovers. Uh, and I thought that they did bring a little bit more uh, to the defensive end, a little bit of, you know, more athleticism and stuff like that. So um, I, I liked what we saw from them. I just I don't know why we didn't see it in the second half unless Jim just thought that <clears throat> his starters were good to go. And he didn't think that bringing them in at that point was going to help. I mean, obviously, that's what he's going to say. Right. I mean, he's the coach. He's the one that makes those decisions. And if he doesn't think that those guys can handle that type of pressure situation, then I understand it. I mean. 
Patrick Ewing, he made an adjustment and put Muhammad at the, at the free throw line in the second half. And I don't know if he was worried about those guys um, being able to guard that. So, yeah, well, um, th- that b- brings us to this. This team needs to be more physical. I mean, more physical, you're going to get get more boards. You know, you're going to get more defensive stops. I mean, it's just got to be more physical from start to finish. And it's it's tough for five guys to do it the whole time, right? Which is your point, which was many people's point, by the way. And some of it's in fan feedback as far as the bench just squatting for the second half, which was did not make any sense in every Syracuse fan. Absolutely had that cross their, through their head. So... I don't know, but the physicality of this team is weak, and until they get to be more physical, um, they're they're this is going to be what we get. And obviously, the defense and the re- I, he and coach started talking about the offense. I didn't think the offense was terrible. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't awful. Eight for twenty six from behind the arc isn't great, but you've got uh, I think Cole Swider taking the bulk of those three out of ten and. I mean, he just hasn't been hitting them. So, you, you know, you limit his shots a little bit. No offense, but he's just not been hitting them. You know, we're talk- we, we've heard Coach talk, well, he's going to hit 8-10 to 10 one game. Well, we haven't seen that game yet. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be out there like some of the other people, but um, I'm, just, I'm just not seeing it. But I really don't think – I think the offense is the least of our problems right now. Um, defense and in, in getting on the boards has been terrible. We, we were negative seven on the boards against Georgetown, which isn't awful. But, you know, in the second half it was – I wish I knew what it was at the, at the first half. But the second half, it was not good. So um, yeah, Well, I mean, it's basic that we just – I think when it comes down to Jim talking about that, I think it's basically like he knows our defense isn't good – so it's not that our offense is bad. I mean, we put up 75 points, right? But it's that our offense needs to be better to make up for the rebounding and the um, and the defense, the lack of defense. You know, I think that's really where he was talking about. And to be perfectly honest with you, the offense didn't play bad. But like we said, I mean, you had Jesse who missed a dunk. You had, I mean, Jimmy Bayheim going from a game where he was, what, 10 and 19 or something like that. And that 21 points and seemed like he was making every little – you know, righty, you know, hook shot type, you know, shot that he has there in the lane. And it seemed like today it's just that he didn't have the bounce. There were so many that were right there. You could see it had the little soft bounce and it just didn't roll in. Just rolled right off the rim. So, um, you know, I, I think that when you look at it, you know, Beheim always likes to talk about the rebounds, but then also the turnovers too. You know, they beat us by seven rebounds, but um, – we beat them by four turnovers. So realistically, that whole rebounding everything, it didn't really affect it as much as some of these other games. You know, I think really when you look at it, it's it was the shooting and missing a couple of those shots. And then, you know, we went seven on eleven from the free throw line. Georgetown went eighteen to twenty one. Yeah. So they shot ten more free throws. Um we had thirteen more shots than they did. So the offensive rebounding and all that stuff kind of got um you know, neutralized from the last game. So, but you know, when you're missing those gimmies or the little shots and you got to follow them so that they go to the free throw line or you got to, you know, play a little bit harder to kind of get back in the game. Um, then that's when, you know, the end of the game, they start going to the free throw line. So yeah, I just came down to us missing some shots that we, you know, have players that normally would make around the, the basket. And um, it turned into us 
having to follow them at the end of the game to try to get back into it. So, yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned Jimmy, but with Jimmy when he was lighting it up and doing all those things, Buddy wasn't doing anything. And this time around, you know, it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was reversed totally, uh, but my point is, is that. Buddy with 17, by the way, is a team high, and Jimmy with 10. But if you get both of those guys going, now we're cooking with Crisco. I mean, because you got to have all cylinders clicking. And and Buddy's going to get – Buddy and Joe, too. Joe is going to get the attention, and Buddy's going to get the attention. And it's who steps up. But you got to have – it's not – unfortunately, I'm just waiting for Cole Swire to step up. Okay, because if he can if he can step up and you get guys on him, I mean it's it, it's endless on on offense, and uh, yeah. things could get a whole lot better, right? If he starts heating up, it opens up a whole different plethora of options on offense. So no, absolutely, but I, I just think that there were some guys. I mean, Cole. The thing with him is, is a lot of times, I think sometimes he. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if it's not moving. Is he the shooting ball. too quick? I mean, look, they're not moving the ball. That's obvious. He doesn't. That's, yeah. He doesn't take. He doesn't take. I think. I feel like he takes contested shots. Like some of those threes and everything. Someone's like right on him, right? Or he's like falling away. He's not getting, being able to like square his body. And obviously, sometimes you got to shoot it because you know the shot clock and stuff like that. But you know, I mean, it's just our room for error on offense is so small because of how our defense plays. Because I mean, we're giving up eighty points a game on defense. Yeah. So if you're giving up 80 points a game on defense, then you're going to have to figure out how to score more than that, right? Or more consistently, they got to get the 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 empty the empty trips down. It's is not it's not going to cut it, especially when we get four or five of them in a row. Yeah, I mean you get you get guys shooting threes, Joe, and they're not all hitting them. Okay, here's how you beat Syracuse. I mean, uh, breaking news here: you hit threes, right? Okay, well these teams have struggled. Villanova struggled. But if you can't grab that rebound and turn it into turn it into points, then you go down an empty empty trip, and then they come back, they try again. You go down an empty trip. I mean, it's just like you have to score to eliminate these issues. And by the way, the, Syracuse is tied for 177th in total rebounds in the country, uh, with the likes of Gardner Webb and South Carolina. They're tied with both of those teams. They're 181st in offensive rebounds. They're 100 and f- tied for 144th in defensive rebounds. They're 171st in field goal percentage. They're 210th in three point defense. Hello. They're 323rd in defensive scoring. That was my point. And tied for 81st in scoring offense. That's a recipe for poop. Poop emoji. That's poop. I mean, we got a we got a team full of jump shooters, and some guys can take guys to the hoop. We got some, you know, moves around the you know the basket and stuff like that. Uh, but again, when you have a team like this, everyone, especially when you have a defense the way it is right now, like everyone's got to come out and sh- you know shoot it at a pretty good clip. Otherwise, games like this are going to happen. I mean, when I look at this game, I mean, we, we should have won this game, in my opinion, but. Um, just missing too many of those shots that, you know, we know Jimmy can make, you know, and the dunk that Jesse missed, mm, um, mm-hmm. you know, just stuff like that. I mean, even Buddy, I mean, I know Buddy, he came back with a vengeance in the second half and he made a couple tough shots, but there were some easy ones that he normally makes like 10 out of 10 times. Je- Jesse, like, and- Jesse can't have a bad game. He can't have an off game. I mean, I don't really think he had an off game. It, well, it was. I mean, a, a, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but I mean, Coach mentioned his defense, but he missed some bunnies. Jimmy again, 
Uh, well, Jesse Edwards, he went six to seven. The only one he missed was that dunk. Was it really? Um, okay. Yeah, but, you know, when you're seven foot playing 30 minutes in the middle of a zone, you got to get more than eight rebounds, you know, and he did have. Three I think out he of should six. be getting the ball more, too, actually. Yeah. And uh, he had three out of our seven turnovers as well. So, um, you know, there's that issue. So, I mean, when you really look at it, um, obviously you want to rebound a little bit better and stuff like that, but. It's, it comes down – this game came down to missing a couple open shots and missing the little bunnies around the rim that you should be able to, to hit. You know, I, mean, I remember one time Jimmy went in there in the second half or, and uh, made a move, did his little move, shot it with his right hand. It was like kind of bouncing – bounced off to the side. And then he ended up getting a tip back. He got it again and put it up, and it kind of just went over the rim, bounced off the back rim, went right back out. And I was just like, oh, he just, he just missed two bunny shots that, like, the game before he was making with ease every single time. So it's just like you said, it's offensive consistency and obviously figuring out how to get better on defense. But, you know, to Jim's point, a lot of that is practice. you got to be able to get them in practice. you got to be able to figure out and move stuff in, and that's really what it is. I see – I don't think that it's an effort thing, especially when it comes to no, the rebounding. I don't think so. You know, it's just that it's the end of the day, it's like – Good rebounding teams and good rebounders, they see the ball go up, they find a guy, they box out, and try to put themselves in possess best position to get a rebound. And that's like one of those things that I just don't see us doing as a team. You know, it's like the ball goes up. If there's a guy right there on you, yeah, somebody will put a body or box out on him. But like, they just stare and watch the ball, and they let guys fly in from the outside to get the rebounds and stuff. I mean, that Muhammad on Georgetown, I mean, he just continued to do it the whole game, and he's a pretty impressive player. Yeah, five-star All-American, McDonald's All-American, right? So, yeah, no. obviously, their best recruit in, since uh, probably since Ewing's taken over. And we couldn't figure so. out how to stop them from scoring. Once he got in the middle, I thought we did great on defense the first half. They put Muhammad in the defense in the second half. He scored 20 points in the second half, and um, they scored 45 points in the second half. So, Yeah, it sucked. Uh, so basically, yeah. like Coach said, they're not playing good enough to pull some of these close games out uh, in so many words, and uh, they need work, especially, you know, Jimmy, Jesse, and Cole. I mean, they need work. And that'll come with – consistency and playing together and getting back in the gym, but um, utterly disappointing. And they've got a week to improve and get in the gym. And they've got two non-conference opponents that should be gimmies. And I say... Should be. I say that, but I don't even know anymore. Uh, and, and I'm not losing faith, but I'm I'm lacking confidence and I'm a little confused. That's all there is to it. So um, with that said, let's hear from you. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. 
how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. 
I love my Skims Wireless Form Bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. All right. You know what to do at the end of every game. I ask for your thoughts on said game, and you leave them. I go through them. We talk about them, uh, and we will uh, we'll present them here, as many as we can. There was a ton of thoughts on the game, and the thoughts on the game is brought to us by my bookie. Wilder versus Fury, Mayweather versus Pacquiao, electric personalities that produce big fights and even bigger betting opportunities this Saturday. Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley will be no different, so don't miss out on the action. Bet the fight with my bookie. My bookie has the best odd in, odds and props bets on Paul and Woodley, and you can start by doubling your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000 by using promo code SPORTSDRINK. That's double your deposit to double your funds and double the excitement for Paul Woodley at my bookie as much as we'd love to see Jake Paul eat canvas. He's looking strong in previous matchups and with Woodley taking this fight on short notice, all the odds are in Paul's favor. Back the problem child to win this rematch and he's sure to be the favorite. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to a thousand bucks by using promo code SPORTSDRINK. Head to mybookie.ag today. Place your bets. Fill your pockets and watch this grudge match and get settled with Paul versus Woodley. Again, bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Symbol. All right. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. If you don't already know this on Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks. And every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high and earn cash payouts. When your team wins, join the 7,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure to use the promo code SD to make your your deposit risk-free visit symbol.com and use the promo code sd and your deposit will be risk-free this means even if you lose money symbol will refund your initial deposit no questions asked join symbol and start investing and profiting off of your favorite teams today thank you symbol also spotify green room go there Download the damn app in your iOS or Android stores. It's free. All you need is a username, an email address, and a password. And you can follow us at Cuse Militia. Um, sign up for notifications. When we go live, you will get a notification. And uh, you can join us either in the green room or you can request to speak. You want to request to speak? And I accept it. A red microphone will be on your icon. Hit that red microphone and say your piece. And then get out. Okay? This isn't a filibuster. No need for that. But... Go to the iOS or Android stores today and download the Spotify Green Room app. Okay. Just barely got that one in. At If Not Now When 84. A lot of hometown calls in that game, but you can't tell them, you can't let them come back like that. I don't have much confidence in this team right now. Uh, Joe, we, we've talked about the refs, I think, every single game so far, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. What did you, what was your honest 
thoughts on the, on the, on the officiating first? Um, I don't, I don't know. I felt like, I don't know. I, I was watching the game with my father and, you know, I, I always bring up the refs when it comes to him. Cause you know, he always brings that stuff up. Um, and it seemed to me like they started to call the game. It seemed like the first half they're letting them play. Yes. And then all of a sudden, um, then they tighten the whistles up. Right. So, although we only had four more fouls than them, you know, obviously the 11 more free throws, um, you know, it's a little concerning, even though they got them kind of, they got a bunch kind of late. But uh, this is something that, like, I don't know, I was trying to explain to my dad, and it's one of those things where I just feel like, like almost every team that we play against, right, plays man-to-man defense. They're in your face. They're tough. They're, you know, they're doing all this. And so naturally, I just feel like there's more physical play when you're playing a man-to-man type situation, right? But there's a lot of times in our 2-3 zone, for instance, where, like, they'll pass the ball around and just pass until they get an open shot, right? And then maybe there's some rebounding stuff and stuff like that. But most people don't drive to the basket against the zone versus, you know, how many times it is a man-to-man as far as when you're looking at a ratio of times it happens. So I just think that there's so many possessions for, like, Syracuse when we're on defense where it's just one of those things where – there's so many possessions that we don't even like touch, get physical with somebody driving the ball or trying to penetrate in the defense or anything like that. So because it happens to us so many times because we're always playing against man to man and then we don't see the actual flip side because we play against a two, three zone. I just feel like it's just natural to think that, you know, the other teams should have more fouls called against them. And I feel like sometimes the refs, they kind of make a point to keep it even. And, and, and that's whether it's right or wrong. That's that's not for me to, to, to say, but I think that, that that's the one thing that I'm starting to notice when it comes to Syracuse basketball and stuff like that is that, like, we're trying to penetrate. We're trying to, you know, it's one-on-one pick-and-roll stuff, and, and you do different things when you're on offense when you're playing against a, man, um, a man-to-man versus zone. So I just think that, you know, other teams put themselves in positions to get fouls called on them more than us because of the defense, uh, if that makes sense. And I just think that it's just natural as a Syracuse fan to see all these things going on and all these times we're driving and nothing's called and nothing's called. But then there's so many other times where like there's not even a call opportunity against us because they're just passing, 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 jumping. And I'm not to say that it's I would right s- or wrong, right. but I'm just saying it's just, we're always seeing, you're going to see buddy people up in buddy's face all the time, putting two hands on him, trying to move him around. Same thing with Joe, everything like that. They're just, that's man to man defense. And you don't see that out of the 2-3 zone. So I just think that it's just natural for us to be like, oh, they're just beating our guys up. You know, they're just hitting. They're doing this. They're doing that. But, like, it's just two different types of defense. And whether it's right or wrong, it's for somebody else to decide. But I just think that refs most times, especially basketball, they'll have makeup calls and they'll do things to make it to where, you know, it's it's not as close, you know, and you got to think too, you see Jim Beheim, the other coaches are doing that too. I mean, it's a coach's job to get in refs ears and refs to hear it enough and hear it enough, you know, and a coach looks up and if the discrepancy of, of fouls is too big, then you're going to start seeing some makeup calls so that the refs kind of, you know, get that a little bit closer so that it doesn't seem like there's something going on there. So, uh, it's just part of the game and, and, and basketball, I feel like is one of the toughest, toughest games to ref, if not the toughest. So, I try to give benefit of the doubt. I just don't like seeing the way that the game is called changed halfway through the game. That's my thing. If you're going to let him play, you're going to let him play. By the way, we're never going to get through fan feedback if if 
if Joe's going to filibuster talking about Do you filibuster. say this every time? Holy cow. My goodness gracious. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with most of what you said. I mean, look, um, going, going to the rim and getting hammered a couple – I mean, Jimmy got pumbled by two guys at one, one time. They didn't call anything. Stupid. Yeah, when the ball got stuck up in the yes, ring. yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that was obvious. So I yeah. mean, obvious. I mean, they're right there. Hello, you got two mm-hmm. guys on top of them. I mean, it's just it's stuff like that is where where you I have called a the one where Buddy when he was on a fast break and came across and he made the bucket, but he got tripped. Probably could have called that too. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that they couldn't, you know. Yeah, there was a always- there was a flop. There was a made three. I felt like that he was not fouled in. He didn't land, but that was his own damn fault. Whoever whoever that was, it was a four point. Ended up it being a four. It ended up being a four point play. But if he didn't land correctly on his own, then it, that's one thing. But it shouldn't have been a foul. Also, it was either that or a flop. So, anyways, but yes, the consistency, absolutely. Uh, Mike, let's finish up Michael's here. Uh, if now, now when eighty four, I don't have much confidence. Yes, uh, look, yeah, I mean, look, I think we're all there, right? At J Evans B C B N J, whatever. Okay. So the question is, who's to blame for the second half collapse? Is Coach B f- uh, for his game plan, or is it the kids? Do they do they get did they get too comfortable with a ten point lead at half? First of all, I'm I would if I'm playing, uh, which I'm not, but as a fan, I'm not comfortable with a ten point lead at half. I, I'm I'm not. Mm. It's good. It's good, but I'm not comfortable with it. I it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, the kids. Obviously, the defense and the rebounding. Okay, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here, but uh, the game plan was a little suspect, in my opinion. You know, if I want to be a little bit critical here, coach, not sure what we were doing uh, in the second half. And you know, I understand what was Jesse at. What he he was he was in foul trouble with three at one time. Um, but yeah, he ended up with four. He ended up with four. Um, so I mean, I don't know. It's, he's a Again, tough. You never, yeah, you never know if that has something to do with you know his aggressiveness and all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, like if you're going to try to save yourself, you know, because you have four fouls and, and you're going to allow certain things to happen, then we can't be having that either. You know, that's when maybe Anselm should have be able to come in and, and get him a blow or something like that. But like at the end of the day, like guys get tired, and there's certain points and times where guys do get tired, right? So I know back in the day, Jim was like, you know, oh, they're young and. You got all of these timeouts and you got this and you got that. Well, depending on the pace of the game and depending on how far you go between timeouts and certain things like that, like kids can get tired and, um, you know, they might be tired for two minutes and then get, you know, you're under 16 minute or yes, 12 minute tired. timeout. Right. Yes. And then you get that and then you'll be then you're good. Right. And then they might be good with the pace of the play to get to the next commercial timeout. But there's little spurts where. You know, players get tired, and, and other teams uh, can take advantage of them. So, I mean, Georgetown, they, they had four guys that played over 33 minutes, but they also played five guys off their bench and three for at least 10 minutes. So, um, you know, that kind of stuff helps. And you start losing losing legs, and then your jump shooters start shorting shots, or, you know, they start trying to compensate for, you know, being tired and stuff like that. I mean, that stuff does happen. It doesn't happen all the time. But again, I just think it was a situation where we were in a in a place to win that game. We had a ten point lead. Ewing moved Muhammad. They went small and they moved Muhammad uh, to the middle, and they 
put themselves in position to make shots and they made the shots. And then like, just like we did, we put ourselves in position to make the shots. We just didn't make the shots. I mean, that's literally what it came down to. Sometimes it just comes down to that. Right. So, I mean, where was I? I moved on to the next one. Yes, you're right. Oh, Drew. Sorry. No, 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 you're good. You're good. Uh, at Tony Staffieri, he says, with a straight face, lie into that podcast microphone and say this program is in good shape right now. Um, I, I, I get the snark, and I, I understand. It, two things. Um, be, 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 I don't think I've ever said that this program is in good shape. I mean, I don't really know. Uh, I wouldn't even judge that, to be honest with you, until we find out you know, what we are at least halfway through conference play. At least. Because um, that's when we'll know. Because, dude, this is the same tune, different song. It's this. It's it's the same thing every year. We deal with this every year, guys. You can go back and listen to our previous five years of podcasts this early in the year for Syracuse basketball, and, and we're going to be talking about the same crap. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I used to be a very pessimistic fan, like overly pessimistic and just nasty, much like what we see on Twitter. But this was before Twitter, and when we started doing the show, who wants to come here? And here, two guys sit here and rail against the team and just be totally negative all the time. No, I I look for silver linings. For one, to speak into this microphone about said silver linings, and also to just be um, optimistic on an optimistic front. And it turns out a lot of times Joe and I are are are, are right um, when we're not always right, but when we talk about these things early in the season, and you know when they get fixed. We, you know, we're, we're pretty consistent with things and I just don't want to be negative because no one would freaking listen. Who the hell wants to hear that? But with that said, yeah. I, with that said, I would hold, I, I don't think it's in bad shape. I read you guys the stats. I mean, 330, uh, 323rd in, in defensive scoring guys, that's only out of like 350. Okay. Um, 210th and three point defense. That's got to change. That's. That's how, I mean, that's how, guys, that's how, that's how Colgate beat us. 18 threes. That's it. So, um, they've got, yeah. to, they've got to do better. They've got to do better. No, I mean, I think it's all in the, I mean, it's all in the eye of the beholder, really. You know, are they in good shape compared to what? Right? Because right now I'm looking at Ken Palm and they have, he has them ranked as the 68 60. best team out of 358. Yeah. So to me, that sounds to me like there's about 290 other teams they would rather be where we are. <laughs> yeah, and analytically, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Analytically, yeah. Obviously, it's probably not that much, but you know what I'm saying. No, I absolutely know what you're saying, and I'm I'm kind of a stats guy. Obviously, we watch the game with our eyes, right? But I'm I'm a stats guy, and I do enjoy. That's why I love. That's why I pay my twenty bucks a year to Ken Palm is so I can look at all that stuff because yeah. I believe in math and um, in all of those things that you can look at analytically and see where Syracuse needs to improve. And there was one year where we watched them climb in the rebounding performance through the year. And, and the, the better they did at rebounding, the, the, the better the team was getting. And mm-hmm. I remember that in a couple of years, maybe three years ago. So, um, yeah, it's all, it, it, you're right. It's on, it's in the eye of the beholder. I mean, like I said, I would hold, I mean, I don't think it's in bad shape. I don't think it's in great shape. Obviously we're going through some serious struggles right now, but we all know what they are and coach knows what they are and the players know what they are. So yeah. the question is, will it get fixed? 
That's it. That's that's the big question, right? Because everyone has their own opinion. Everyone has their own expectations coming in. You know, now there's those because, fans like we there's yeah. there's those fans that we talk about where it doesn't matter who they bring in. Doesn't matter. It's Bayheim. It's Syracuse. We they have an expectation that we're going to be this good. We're going to be a tournament team or a top twenty five team or you know whatever. You know, but it, as as a serious fan that watches and pays attention and looks at it and everything, I mean, there was things that we spoke about and things that we were worried about. And then going through the beginning of the non-conference, ending with Colgate before we went to the Bahamas. I mean, where where? By the way, I'm definitely who's... eating my words on that one. By the way, I mean, I mean, I'm not a fool. I'm not a fool. I can admit when I'm wrong, and it's right. Like it's I was but wrong it's. On that one. But at the end of the day, like you said, still it still isn't the end of the season, and there's still plenty of time to be able to turn it around. It's just, you know, after Colgate and after the uh, you know the, the non-conference going into the Bahamas. I mean, I would ask any sane-minded fan, like which I think is an oxymoron, what I just said. Um, but what did you expect looking at that schedule? When you look at those teams, you look at that non-conference schedule. What did you expect? You know, because me. Going into going into it before Colgate, I thought we were going to be five and five or six and four at this point. And and I just don't know what 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 other people expect other than you know they don't want to look at it. They don't want to try to look at it as a team and try to make some type of of you know um, educated guess or expectation. They just say this is what I want my team to be. If they don't make it happen, I'm a bitch about it. Yeah, exactly. And we all have rights as fans to be mm-hmm. pissed off. Okay, I'm not saying that. I'm I'm not at all. But I I'm not going to ever come to this microphone and um, say something that I don't believe is true, either. Just to be like overly positive about anything. That's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Uh, at MF Brightside, why no bench in the second half when they were productive in the first? I mean, like Joe said, I mean, maybe he didn't think they could handle the pressure, but I mean, other than that, I have no idea. I mean, they did a, they did a fantastic job. And Samir Torrance comes in. He adds that little bit of spark uh, with the ball handling. And Frank did a fantastic job, but that was when Edwards was in foul trouble. And no one, you know, we we need Edwards to play 40 minutes, obviously. But um, Frank, I think, is listening to press conferences. <laughs> so, like, you know, that's that's how it goes. And I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't have a real – I mean, I was befuddled by the whole thing. I'm like, why? Why are we doing this? Change it up. Just confuse them because – it, it it you see the same thing for the whole you know twenty minutes of the second half and they're just doing it over and over again. I mean throw a throw them a throw them a wrench in in the gears and do something else. I don't know. I have no reason why that should be like that. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I I don't either. But I just I know that that's where we need to be. I know that this is kind of a weird non conference schedule in the way that we've already had an ACC game and how we still have Lehigh and Cornell left going into ACC play, but. And, and by the way, I wanted to say I, I forgot, but I'm going to say it now because I remembered. I didn't mean to cut you off, Joe. But uh, so we got a week off, okay? And we play Lehigh, and then on Tuesday, the following Tuesday, we play Cornell. Then we have another week, eight, eight days off. Well, no, a week. So we've got a good two. We got two games in two weeks, and we're staying home, and we're staying home 
all the way to this, the third conference game of Virginia. So after the two weeks, we play Georgia Tech at home, then we play Virginia at home, okay? And if we don't see some something significant, then I'll have egg on my face, but I think we do. I think we do. Right. I think I think we get I think we get a a good chunk of this figured out before Georgia Tech in the dome on Tuesday the 29th. That'd be Tuesday, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. No, that'd be it's a Saturday. I'm sorry. Um so I think we do. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. At L Michelle XO, burn the script jersey. Sorry, but they are cursed. Listen. Sell. I'm never on board with this. This is a horrible idea, L. They should have never changed them. Thank you, Daryl Gross. <laughs> they should have never changed them. Thank you. I, I can't get on board with this. I, 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 and I'm also not too super. I'm a little sports superstitious sometimes, but I'm not like overly. But we cannot do this, Ella. I'm so sorry. Uh, but it is, an, it is an impossible feat. By the way, um, Elle in the comments, I, I think she was trying to get picked up by some guy in the comments, too, by the way, which was odd. This, I think, is my second time only seeing this, but the last time the woman didn't say anything. And no. it's a bit awkward. It's not a dating it's a, site. It's a, bit, it's a bit awkward. I asked for your thoughts on the game, pal, okay? Don't start, don't start hitting on the help. I mean, what are you doing? Ain't trying to line up his evening. Jeez, um, Caro. He's got a picture of a dog. He says His profile picture is a dog. He says... Hey, you look familiar. Where do I know you from? <clears throat> dude, your profile picture is a dog, dude. How, how, first of all, there's two women in the picture. <clears throat> Did I mean, you go to the game? <laughs> there's two women in the picture. Which one's he talking to? I mean, are these Elle's daughters? I have no idea. I mean, they're both, I mean, they're both good looking. I mean, don't get me wrong. The guy's got a point, but look. Not the place. Fan <laughs> feedback's not the place for that, okay? <laughs> Torian on Facebook, Georgetown. T- I know I can't do that, Al. Sorry, I can't. And then, and every time that comes up, I'm gonna have to tell you no. Uh, to the burning of the jerseys, the script jerseys, it's not happening. Torian on Facebook, Georgetown took the intensity to another level in the second, and Q's couldn't match it. Q's looked rattled as they lost the lead. They recovered, but Georgetown made a couple more plays down the stretch in a positive light. I'd say this is one of the most offensively talented starting fives we've had in recent years. All five guys can score, handle the ball, and shoot. Uh, Handle the ball's iffy, but I'm I'm with you. Uh, We're missing length and athleticism on the wing and at guard. I mean, Jesse's got to get stronger with the ball. And these guys mm-hmm. got to play a little bit better as far as, you know, assists-wise. I, I want to see more passing of the ball. I don't like this ISO stuff and the one-on-one stuff that we, we've seen in the past. And I think he's right, though. I mean, this is an offensively talented team. You have more you have more talent spread out through these five than we've had in uh, years, right? Yeah. So well, and that's where you see the I mean they're basically running pick and roll stuff and they got basic movement but all they're really doing is they're trying to create a mismatch through pick and rolls and stuff like that. Now I wish that they would, you know, pick away from the ball a little bit better and move and stuff like that. I mean they just don't It's like I was watching Benny Williams when he was in for the 4 minutes he was in like he was just standing on the outside just just standing there. You know what I mean? There was no movement in offense or anything like that. When you're not moving on offense. Well, Joe then, Joe texted Heather for a beer. Tell her good job. Give her a thumbs up. Thanks, babe. Add a boy. Add a girl. Um, 
we didn't have to shut the show down this time, which was great. Great, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when you're standing there, and when you're playing against man-to-man defense, and you're just standing, not doing anything. Now, albeit you don't want to run into the area and bring defenders into you know an area where someone's trying to drive or do a pick and roll or something like that. But when you're just standing there, you're making the defender's life easy. When you're not moving, I mean, that's the easiest defense that you can play when you're playing man-to-man. You're standing out there with Benny Williams. He ain't moving. And I've seen Cole Swider standing there waiting to just get a pass so he can huck a three. So, yeah, there's got to mm. be other little things mm. in there because it looks like they – I'm just saying, it just looks like they just they just do pick and rolls. They call out plays to you know who Jimmy want or who Jim Beheim wants the ball to go to, and they pick and and try to get shots for people. And and these guys are so talented that on offense that that actually works. But if they actually moved, and I mean the only time you see different movements and different cuts and and picks and stuff is when they drop a play coming out of a timeout. You know, I mean, other than that, I mean, it's kind of the same old, Maybe. same old. And this team yeah. is that talented that they can still score this many points just doing man to man and trying to get your uh, trying to get your matchups. You know, you're mismatching there. So um, that's just what they've been doing. Um, and, and they're super. I mean, they're good at it. But, uh, you know, they're going to have to elevate certain things um, to get better. Zach, our boy, Zach, on Facebook, please sit Swider. He's not the answer and should have never taken that awful shot. I cringe every time he gets the ball on offense. Mm. I mean, look, he was, what, three for ten? One of those was inside the perimeter. So, look, it's it's. I want to see him thrive. I want to see him be who I thought he was coming in because I was really, really excited about Swider, actually. And I was um, really hoping that he was going to be further ahead than what he is now. I think there's no doubt he's going to play all year because I think he's showing that he's talented enough, at least in practice. But he's going to have to turn it on or he's going to be turned on because he's got to do something else other than, like Joe said, huck another three. No, I mean, that's just what it is. But the problem is, is that if you don't got anybody behind you to give you that pressure, I mean, how awesome would it be right now to where if Benny Williams could come off the bench and play 15 to 20 minutes and, and hey, Cole or Jimmy, if you're not playing, quick leash, we're getting Benny in there, right? I mean, I know that we talked, I mean, I, I talked earlier in the season about how, you know, there might be a situation where Benny gets good enough throughout the season to where near the end of the season, he's starting and one of these other guys is sitting. So, um that might happen, but but again, like we're going to be dealing with this until we can get the 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 bench going. And with this time and practice and everything like that, I mean, they got Lehigh, they got Cornell, they got two weeks with two, like you said, I'm not going to say gimme games, but they're probably two of the worst teams that are on their schedule. Yeah, they should be gimme games. But they, sh- yeah, uh huh. I get it. We've said that before. Um, <laughs> but I'm just saying that <laughs> it's a situation where in the next. If we don't, like you said, see some type of improvement and these guys don't get some type of work in with these guys on the bench to be able to get them to come in. I mean, they need to be confident to come in and play the way that Jim wants them to play, you know, and they come in and they give these guys a breather in the first half and they looked confident and they looked, you know, energetic and they played well, I thought. And then you don't put them in the second half. You know, what does that do to their confidence, right? So at the end of the day, if – 
you can play your five guys all day long that you think is going to win you the game, but that's not going to win you the season. So right. these next these next two weeks, we got to figure out what's going to happen and, and how what we need to do to implement you know these guys into the game plan so that they can get you know a little bit more um, help. You know, but you're always I mean, you're not going to be able to compete with some of these teams that can come in and bring these different guys in and just kind of miss mix and match. And, you know, are we playing small? Are we are we playing big? Are we this? Are we that? Like we don't we can't do that. We got our five guys. And then, you know, that's pretty much it. Unless Jesse gets in foul trouble, you know, but we got all these other teams that they sub out. And uh, depending on if they go big or small, they have different lineups and stuff like that. I mean, it's going to be hard to compete with that when we are just sticking with the same five. Yeah. Um. All right, two more. Let's see. Chris, on Facebook, this team shouldn't try to isolate Buddy and let him go one-on-one so often. It results in a low percentage poor shot, and the ball doesn't move. You have four perimeter shooters. Move the damn ball around. Yes, move the damn ball around. Please, for the love of Pete, move the damn ball around. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's see. Let's see. Defense sucks, and I don't know who's the strength in – uh, strength coaches, but I'm hearing on the radio about many dropped and stolen rebounds. Um, are, we are losing. This is a problem not just this year, but in the past as well. Soft and weak underneath. We don't have anyone to be physically afraid of. Absolutely. Dom. That was Dom. Oh, top fan. Dom. Top fan. Dom. Uh, yeah. I mean, we lack physicality and we lacked we lack strength. I mean, it's plain and simple. I don't know um, what else to say about it other than yes, bye. No, I mean, that's it's true. I mean, we've seen that, you know, the strength, a little bit of the athleticism. You see you see the guys get beat to the spots to get the ball and stuff like that. And, you know, there's things that you can do to kind of negate some of that stuff. And you know, some of the stuff I was talking about earlier, but you're really only going to – I mean, you can only work at that in practice. And, it, you know, you got to work a little bit harder and, um, you know, be a little bit more mindful when the shots go up um, and getting bodies on people. And, and you know, you really you really need to want to have to be like you have to want to be physical, you know, um, and, and that's just what it is. You know, there's some people that are just you're bigger, stronger, faster, and there's nothing you can do about it. But there's little tricks and little things that you can do. But you just got to work a little bit harder. And, you know, hopefully they'll learn that in practice and hopefully we'll have. That buttoned up going into ACC play. Uh, yeah, because we're going to have to. Two weeks to do it, and we'll see. Michael in the Spotify green room app. What's up, Michael? Hey guys, how are you? Good. How you doing, man? Uh, pretty good, man. I was uh, I was in your neck of the woods not too uh, yesterday, actually. Where about? Uh, I went up to Charlottesville for a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, that's 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 close. It's, it's a ways. It's, it's a ways, but it's the same state. It's it's yeah. It's it's Charlottesville is beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it was really nice. We stayed at the Boar's Head, did uh, did some Christmas stuff. I was nice. watching the game on my phone. You know, it was terrible. Yes. I mean, I love Virginia. Virginia is a beautiful state. We got everything. We got beach, got mountains, got country, got everything. It's beautiful. Charlottesville is really nice. We drove through there going to Blacksburg, and we drove through there on purpose on the way back. So uh, what are your thoughts, Michael, on anything Syracuse basketball? How do you see this? So, Is it the end of the world? Should we all no. just stop watching? No. Are no. you sure? Yes. Okay. Hundred percent positive. All right. We've had a really, really tough stretch of games, man. Like we, Georgetown. Okay, we probably should have beat them, but we're playing at Georgetown, 
you know, they turned Fans up. Fans were obnoxious. Yeah. The, well, I mean, we had Otto's Army there. You know, they were there for a little bit. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, no, I did notice there was plenty of Syracuse fans there, and they were making noise too. Yeah, they made some. Uh, we heard the heard the clapping at the beginning, but I was on a carriage ride when when the first half was going on, so I was not able to watch that. But um, no, I, I I don't know. It just it, it looked like you know we got gassed in in the last like seven minutes, just like the. You know, the previous game. It's funny. Do you guys remember when Coach, maybe it was last year, these guys don't get tired. They don't get tired. And then this press conference, he basically said, yeah, they're they're tired. They're tired. So so Frank Frank was playing so good during the first half, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, He didn't play the whole second half. Yeah. That's that's what's running through every Syracuse fan's head. Like, you know, today still. But yesterday after the game – was over when it got when it got tightened up in the second half. You're wondering, you know, are we going to mix it up? I mean, what's going on? Je- Jesse wasn't playing horrible. Like uh, like I said, he was just. I mean, he, he wasn't playing horrible, but he wasn't getting the ball a lot either. But um, you know, I think Frank added a spark. He was all over the place, man. He was energetic too. So yeah, I like I like that run out dunk that he had at the beginning of the first half or whatever. If I'm not mistaken, he scored back to back, didn't he? Yeah, twice in a row. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Sure did. So, and I think coming into that game, they had two bench points for like the past what two games or something like that. So, three games, I think. Was it three? I mean, it could have been. I don't remember Joe, exactly. Check me. Joe, check him. Joe's. I think, I think it was three. Joe's games. Facebooking right now. Check, check what? <laughs> check, check. <laughs> check, check. Hold on, hold on. I might, one. I might have it. Hold on, hold on. I do have it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Real time. Fact checking. If I could get Sean, my big Sean, ass out of the way, were, uh, you guys were talking about the refs earlier. I mean, yeah, what'd good you, what'd gracious. You, what'd you think? Oh, there, there were some dude. Even I don't know if you saw like the um, uh, the Syracuse like basketball official postings for like the um, the Twitter account or like the Instagram account. Literally, it was Buddy getting hacked on the arm as he was shooting a jumper. Like it was the dude was on his arm, like holding his arm, and I guarantee you they didn't call it. Um, oh yeah, they definitely didn't call that one. I, it was the whole the whole time. Buddy Buddy was getting hacked the whole time, but at the same time, like I I feel like Buddy's being a little selfish with his shots, and he's rushing some stuff. Well, he actually played. I mean, well, I know he played good because he's good at play good. He's a good player, but like the problem is, is like. Cole can be open on the wing and like Cole can shoot like Cole's good. Like his defense is a little lacking, but another thing I want to bring up too, is I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, we're getting beat off the bounce immediately. So like they'll, they'll do like their one or two pass, like up at the top of the key, like right at the, right at the top. And then they'll do their like dribble drive. Like immediately, and then and Jimmy's getting beat, and whoever the wing is is getting beat. You know the immediate dribble, and then they would pass it inside, and then get like an easy two, and that was the entire second half. Yeah, like Joe said, they put the, they put that Muhammad up there right at the foul line too. What he what he end up with twenty something twenty three? I think twenty three. Yeah. yeah, twenty in the second half. Yeah, he averaged I think twelve coming into the game. By the way, so. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, there was a lot. There was a lot of fouls, but at the same time, like that that weren't called. But at, at the same time, like, dude, come on, you can't let him come back like that. And, I, and I, no, like, you're right. You're right. You can bitch and moan about the refs all you want, but you had a ten point lead, and all you had to do was sustain that sucker and keep doing what you're doing. And it seemed like they just the second half was totally different. They didn't do it, the the coaching and the playing just seemed the whole thing was different. And it's one, it was one point in the last two games, by the way, one point see, off the bench in the last two games. See, to wow. me, it was, it was, to me, it was like, it came down to as easy as the team that made the basket. Like, I mean, I know it's going to sound like John Madden and whatever, but like, <laughs> I thought, I thought both teams made um, adjustments to get shots and get their players, the shots that they wanted. But, I mean, Georgetown made more buckets than we did. That's really yes, what it came the, down to. That was, I mean, that was the analysis after the game. They also Syracuse was outscored. No shit. They were <laughs> outscored. Is that why they lost? Is that your analysis? That's, I mean, that's deep stuff. I'm not trying to stuff. give a John Madden analysis, but it was essentially <laughs> like both teams got good looks, and they just made more than us. I don't, well, don't know down, what to tell down, you. Joe down the stretch too, man. They like they made they made how many free throws like down the stretch four to like when they were going down back and forth. You know when we were trading buckets, like we would get called for a foul. They would go up and get an easy two and then get fouled and like and it was it was it was like that the whole time. Like we we would go down and do the same thing. They wouldn't get called for anything. Like that was that's where the refs like kind of screwed us. They they did. But like you said, I mean, I, I, I hate bitching and moaning about the refs. I don't think there's been a year where I've complained this much about the refs in this short amount of time. And maybe throughout the whole year, I think I've complained more in this short a period of time than I had in any previous year that we've been doing the show. Because we purposefully try not to complain about the refs. Like, they've got to be pretty bad. But they're just so consistently bad here and there so far for the year that I just have a hard time keeping my mouth shut on some of it. And I don't think we're getting picked on, but I do think that um, they're horrible. <laughs> I mean, well, is there, I mean, is there, is there a labor shortage in, in, in officiating too? And, and this is what we've got to deal with. I mean, uh, I don't know. Not paid they made, they like made six home. free throws in the last four and a half minutes. Okay. But it was four really to close out the game in the last two minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what I'm, that's my problem. Is is coming down the stretch and they're calling all these touched fouls on us and then they're not calling hack fouls on them. Like that that's inexcusable. Yeah, it sucks. Well, wh- one quick question and then we're gonna let you go and we're gonna get into Lehigh. Uh so how do you see this in the next two games, one week off before we head into um Lehigh, and then two weeks before we head into Georgia Tech? What are you looking for? Uh, defense, they, they got to step it up, man. I mean, you can't have those wings getting beat all the time. And I'm sorry, Jimmy's got to bring in some more, some more bench players. I mean, Anselm played great. You know, I, I, I'm a big Samir Torrance fan. I think he's great. I I I think his defense is getting really good. You know, at the beginning of the season, it was not good, Um, but he's getting there. I think he's getting it. And he can bring the ball up the court easy, no problem, because nobody will pressure him because he's got really good handles. Yeah, he he. I think he's getting better, and I think um, he's getting a lot better. The only one that I'm not seeing like make strides, at least from you know game to game, is Benny. Benny. Yeah, yeah. 
Benny's the only one that's not making strides. He just like stands still. Yeah. He's like a statue out there. It's crazy. Yeah, they, mm. we, a lot of people had high expectations, including us. I mean, I'm not going to. I mean, he did make a nice little move and score a bucket. which is something we haven't seen. <laughs> yeah, but we're nine, ten games into this thing. I know. Okay. Yeah, he's got to yeah. get it going. But yeah. I don't know. I think they bounce back. I, I I think they take the next two games, honestly. Georgia Tech's really. God, not. I hope so, Michael. Jeez. I, mean, I know. D- Georgia Tech's nothing. And Lehigh, I mean, it's Lehigh. So, I mean. What are you going to do? Next, we got Lehigh next, Cornell. Lehigh, yeah, Lehigh Cornell. Oh, okay. All and right. then Georgia Lehigh, Tech. Cornell, and then Georgia Tech. All yeah. right. Uh, I think, I, you know, I was looking at the last, like, the next five, and honestly, we'd, we could probably take the next five. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I was just looking <laughs> at it. I I get it. That's I, optimistic. I, I love your optimism. It, it, well, can it happen? Our, could it happen, Michael? Yes, it could happen. Our Our scoring is better than all those teams. Would we? Virginia's struggling. Virginia's struggling. I know. I actually was at a Christmas party with a bunch of UVA grads. Oh, how was that? That sounds great. It was great. I mean, they're great, man. They're great. We talked about how Tony Bennett is literally one of the most genuinely awesome. Oh, oh, he's he is. I'm. He he literally is. He's he is a great guy. Yeah. And um, but you know, he's like, uh, you know, I talked to one of the anesthesiology friends that I got, and he (laughs) he goes. He goes, oh, we're so bad this year. We're so bad. I'm like, dude, I'm like, look at our schedule. Look at our wins. We're not great either. So we'll we're, see how it goes. We're not great. We're never great right now, this time of the year. So no, no, it it, it almost like they 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 have like a simmering period. They they need to simmer for a little bit and 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 get uh, marinate. Yeah, marinate. That's a great word for it. But they got to marinate for a little bit, get their things together, get their their new pieces in place, and you know, I, I I think we'll be fine by the end of the year. It's just you know we're all in panic mode right now. Yes, we are, and and even I'm beginning beginning to panic a little bit. I'm losing confidence, but uh, I'm not beginning yeah. to panic. But Virginia, Virginia just lost to James Madison this past weekend. So OMG, yeah. Mm. Um. Well, all right, Michael. Thanks for hey. Thanks for thanks for coming in. Yeah, I see you. You don't always request to speak, but you pop in a little bit. You listen on the Spotify Green Room app. We appreciate it. And as always, uh, don't be a stranger. Come back, okay? Absolutely, guys. Thank you All for right, having me. I appreciate yep. it. Thank see you. you. Talk to you later. See you, buddy. All right, Joe. That is it for fan feedback. A, an extended version with Michael in the Green Room. Uh, so, Lehigh. We talked about this. It's a week from yesterday the all-time series between the orange and the mountain hawks sits at four and oh in favor of the orange <laughs> mountain hawks stupid uh the orange <laughs> syracuse orangemen and lehigh engineers first met in 19 which, i mean geez here we go in 1923 <laughs> the teams have met four times have met four it's, times it's not funny it's no it's really it's not no, funny coach it's funny come on have a sense of humor a little bit loosen up the teams have met four times uh, with uh, the teams have met four times with the Orangemen winning all four games. The two teams did not face each other for nearly 84 hey, wait, years. How many times did they face each other? Four times. Oh, OK. Syracuse is the four fourth time you've said that. Four times. Uh, The two teams did not face each other for nearly 84 years. Between 1931 and 2015, Lehigh changed their nickname from the Engineers to the Mountain Hawks. Be scared. 
beginning in the 95-96 season. All of that according to orangehoops.org. Syracuse last meeting with Lehigh was in 2015. That was a win, obviously, 57-47, to which 57 points on Lehigh, that's it. That's all we could muster up. You're starting five, Benajay, Cooney, Coleman, Roberson, and Richardson. Benajay with 16 points and Leiden with 11 rebounds. That was before he was starting. So uh, the Mountain Hawks currently sit at 1-8 and eight, with their only win being Columbia, who are currently 3-8. and eight. Uh, They haven't played since December 4th, and they will not play again until we play them the 18th. So they've had, they'll have two weeks off, which uh, maybe Joe can tell us why. Maybe he looked into that because I did not. Uh, Ken Palm has them ranked 311th with an adjusted offense ranked 301st in an adjusted defense ranked 302nd. And Ken Palm also predicts an 86-65 win for Syracuse. So Joe, a lot of L's on here. (laughs) Bunch of L's, Rutgers, um, New Jersey, Monmouth, Merrimack, they beat Columbia, like I mentioned. Uh, Virginia beat them. St. Francis beat them. Yale and Maryland Eastern Shore. So, um, look, they stink, okay? (laughs) I don't know what else to say about it. (laughs) What kind of research have you done for us? Why are they not playing in two weeks? Uh, the only thing that I can think of is that it's some type of um, conference thing, like uh, like like a COVID thing. I mean, no, I think no, it's not that. I think that it just might be school. Like Duke hasn't played for like a week and a half or something like that too, because they have their finals and because of um, holidays and stuff like that. So <clears throat> sometimes during this time of year, again with you know, sorry, not finals, midterms. And um, and holidays and stuff like that. And sometimes, you know, uh, it's a situation where you get uh, a couple weeks off and stuff like that to accommodate for the um, testing, know, studying, whatnot, all that stuff. Yeah. All that fun stuff. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I mean, looking at this team, uh, I mean, there's not really too many things impressive with them. The only thing that I can see or, you know, looking at the um the games that they played like for the most part um it's it doesn't look like they really get blown out like i'm not saying that you know a loss is a loss is a loss right i mean they did well, Rutgers that. Rutgers they took Rutgers into OT yeah yeah first game of the season right uh UVA beat them by 18 though so um again you just never really know um but all, all I'm saying is that other than Virginia, most of these other games have been within like 10 points, 12 points, something like that. So it looks to me like it's a situation where, uh, you know, they at least keep it close. But, um, you know, I just wouldn't – it's one of those things where I just would hate to be to be um, them playing against us coming off, you know, the Georgetown game and us having to be able to have time to um, – you know, practice and everything like that. We talk about adjusted offense and adjusted defense efficiency as far as Ken Palm's concerned. And um, Lehigh, they're ranked, I think, 312 out of 358, and they're 301 in offense and defense. So, oh, well, they um, moved since this morning then. What the hell would make them move since this morning when I looked that up? Anyways, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Either, but either way, it's a situation where um, I mean, if this, if we do lose this game, then it's like red alert. 
Oh my stuff, gosh, right? if we lose this game, Joe, I quit. This podcast, we mark my words, we will not be back to do a show for that. Sorry. No, we will. But it's not going to be it's not gonna stop be pretty. lying. No, it might not be fun to do, but... Uh, it might, mean, it's uh, not going to be pretty. Yeah. I, I don't um, see it happening. I, w- I, I, will, I will give someone... I'll give I'll give something away. If we lose, I'll give I'll give some autographed paraphernalia, Syracuse paraphernalia away. How about that? Yeah, I just uh, I mean this, and I cover ugh. my Syracuse signed paraphernalia. By the way, uh, look, yeah. I I don't I don't know what Joe's doing. I think he's trying to look up stats. I don't know, but look, they they are so look, they've I'm got waiting for you to stop gibbering. <laughs> they've got they 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 are not good. From three point land, thirty two, which isn't terrible, which isn't terrible. But how many have they taken, Joe? Because if they're they're obviously not going to be able to muscle inside and just take over, they're they've they're, taken one hundred and seventy five three pointers. Golly, that's not terrible. No, no, out of how many games? Nine. Yeah, no, that was more yeah. than Georgetown took coming into the game we played just mm-hmm. yesterday. So. Yep, I mean Evan Taylor, the guard, um, and uh, Jamiro Wilson, uh, forward six seven forward. That's probably the one guy that um, scares me probably more than anybody. Um, they do have Dominic uh, Perlin, who's a six eight two hundred thirty pound sophomore who plays like center for them. But I mean he's athletic; he can do some things, but he's very raw. He's got a lot of turnovers and stuff like that. Um, but Evan Taylor and uh, Giamaro Wilson is going to be the two guys to really look look at. But, again, I mean, this team seems to me like they're just going to be outmatched. And just, I mean, it would take – I mean, these guys weren't even – they're not even close to Colgate's radar as far as analytics and stuff like that goes. So, again, I mean, I don't ever want to say, you know, um, you know, never say never type stuff. And this team is uh, an experienced older team. But um, I mean, sometimes that doesn't equivalent equivalent equate to wins. So um, yeah, I mean that's really where we're at. I mean, if if we if we lose this game, I mean you're talking about a situation where these guys are just on fire. We're not even attempting to play defense, and we just miss every shot on offense. I mean it's it's really it's really at that level at this point. Um, and although Lehigh is um, in the same conference as Colgate. I think that this is uh, going to be a team where we really see a difference in talent. Like, I think that we'll visibly be able to see the difference between them and Colgate. So, yeah, that's all I guess. So, it's really all I got. Yeah. I mean, there's just not too it. much out there. There's you know, not, and- which is why we decided to do this. Since since they both are not going to have any games, if they were going to have a game and they were maybe a little bit better, I would have I would have shelved the preview for middle of the week. Right, you know, but I mean, this is one of those ones. It's like Joe's thirty-second preview because there's just not a whole lot there. I mean, we're talking about Lehigh; they're one and eight. So no, I mean, they got a couple decent players and stuff like that. And I know our defense isn't great, but when you look at their at their um, their schedule, I mean, we got better defenses than a lot of those teams. Um, you take away Rutgers and Virginia. And they're all just lower tier schools where, I mean, I just feel like, you know, we would probably, I mean, I look at that schedule and I'm like, why can't we have that schedule? <laughs> right. But, um, 
no, I mean they're they're averaging 17 turnovers against really bad defenses. So um, it's one of those things where they're not the same as Colgate, um, even though they do have some experienced guys. And I mean they're going to turn the ball over. They're going to hug a bunch of threes. And um, yeah, overall, that's the thing, I mean, right. I just don't think that they have that extra, you know, that extra thing, you know, like that extra special thing for a mid-major school to be able to jump up and beat a team like Colgate did. Um, they don't, they don't have that, in my opinion. So I said, I mean, that's why they play the games. Anything can happen. But I mean, one and eight with that record. I just, if we lose this, then. I'd be right on board with a lot of the fans um, from fan feedback today. Yeah, absolutely. I don't see it though. I'm not. I don't believe in too much sports superstition. Win this game hands down should be a runaway. Should see a lot of. Should see a lot of Benny. Should see a lot of Frank, and hopefully um, uh, Cy too, and get these guys out on the floor. And there's no better practice than in-game practice. And I hope that. Coach has the opportunity to build a lead and get these guys out on the floor. And that's what I'm looking for between these. Maybe not necessarily so much with Cornell, but definitely with Lehigh. I, I wanna see I wanna see some some of these guys playing some more and and, and building up their confidence and, and just getting that in game experience. So getting some seat time, um, as you would say, in the NASCAR world. So that is it. Anything else to um Bloviate, Joe, on your front. Oh, yeah. Did you see Tommy DeVito? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Tommy DeVito. He went to Illinois or something, right? So all he did was change from an S to an I on his helmet, I noticed. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the exact same uniform. (laughs) We'll see. Todd Harris decommitted from Kentucky, so we'll see what happens Oh, I saw that, that too. That's right. That's right. Now, here's my philosophy, too. In case you didn't know, I don't track... The guys who have left, I just don't. I don't look up their stats. I mean, I, I mean, you know, if we if if they're on, and I know they're going to be on, like if Seton Hall was on, I would definitely tune in to see what Kadari's up to. But I, once they're gone, they're gone. I mean, this is you know, it, it is what it is. But interesting though that the decommit, the two things that you just brought up as far as, as guys that have left, decommitting from Kentucky was an odd one. He's a head case. A little bit. Yeah, I, I don't know what he's looking for. I don't, I don't know, know what the deal the is. I don't know. Right. I just he's just. It's, I mean, even even as a freshman when he came in and helped play and, and stuff like that, he always just seemed like he was just angry. Always just wanted the ball thrown to him. Always thought he was open. And you know that can become an issue. But I mean, especially in college, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm a Giants fan. I dealt with it with OBJ, right? Um, yeah, it's another sort of, one. Yeah, he was the first down. He was a first round receiver that you know was injured. Didn't he, even play until the fourth or fifth season in baby. his rookie year, and then right. blew up. And then his second year, he caught this pass, and all of a sudden, he became this enigma of just craziness and got all this money. And you know, um, he became really not a team player type thing, but more of like an ego guy. And I mean, it says something. Says something completely different when you're doing it in college. <clears throat> now, so. it is not to say everything I just said. You know, I wish these guys luck. I don't, I don't want to. Oh, say absolutely. I, I root for uh, all of the Syracuse players that have left. I just don't. I've lost track of them all. So <laughs> there's that. 
But there is, by the way, there is a Syracuse SI, Mike McAllister's spot over there. They have a portal tracker, actually. That. Oh, nice. Yeah, With football, yeah. it must be 10,000 people long. Well, I think it's for SU. I think it's SU. Mm. But they do, they do, he does have something up there for that. So, anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, said. yep. I mean, we should be good. We'll have a long little, you know, hiatus here for a week. And um, I've got to finish. I've got to finish uh, laying floor and painting, and hopefully I get this stuff done. And I um, I opted out of the Raiders game to uh, yeah, sounds to like put, a great decision to, to put quarter round down. So the first play yeah. of the game was uh, Josh Jacobs fumble with a scoop and score, and I was like, you know what? Uh, I think I'm good. <laughs> Seems like a good day. <laughs> I think I'll go break my back some more as my back is killing me, and my knees are killing me. But you know what? I'd rather do that than watch the Raiders. And yeah. uh, so that's that. And, and hopefully, they, uh, D- hopefully F- Derek Carr, hold, hold on. Hopefully Derek Carr gets traded to a team where he can thrive and, and be the quarterback that he is. Because uh, one man can't do it all every game. And it's absolutely got to be the most frustrating thing for that guy. So hey, Look, man, I had Hunter Renfro and a couple uh, draft kings. So um, he had a good game. Did he? He always has he a like, good game. He had like 13 catches, like 117 yards, something third, like that. Third and Renfro. They don't say third and Renfro for nothing. No, and that Bills game you were talking crap about went into overtime. No, it did not. Yes, it did. The Bills, they went into overtime 27-27. Buccaneers won 33-27. Oh, my gosh. I sit here with egg on my face right now. Mm. I, I came in when here. When you said that, Bills had the ball driving and they were only down three. 24, it was a three-point game that when I went to go eat dinner, it was a three. It was a three-point game. It was a three-possession game, mm-hmm. and I went to eat dinner. And the Bills weren't being; they weren't able to do anything. And jo- uh, Josh Allen was getting pressured every play, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is." Mm-hmm. Not I guess be good. they scored seventeen points in the fourth quarter. No kidding. That's Josh mm-hmm. Allen for you, man. I mean, he's amazing. I mean, he had 308 passing yards and 109 rushing yards. He's so. amazing. He's amazing. But hopefully the Raiders dissolve. By the way, I got a, I, I did get a nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. It's, it's, it's not no, funny. no, it is, Coach. It's, really, it's, it's funny. funny. I, 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 I got Because I'm a Giants fan. And I, got, beat I got a nasty <laughs> note. I, I can laugh because I'm a Raiders fan. I got a nasty note talking crap about the Raiders during a read. I think I did it during a read one time. Uh, I think it was for the Dallas Cowboys, my bookie read or something like that. And uh, they didn't think I was a Raiders fan. They thought I was just picking on the Raiders. Guys, I'm a Raiders fan. Okay. But I just, I'm done with them. I'm done with them. Show, shit or get off the pot. It's time. Okay. Change of ownership. You got Mark Davis up there. What's this guy do? What's this guy do? Nothing. He's not his dad. He's worse than his dad was when his dad was dying up there in a wheelchair. He's terrible. It's awful. I do not know. I do not know. Anyways, that's going to do it for us. Can't help you there, bud. That's going to do it for us. We appreciate all of you for hanging out with us and tuning in to this, the mediocre show that we do after every game and before every game. We'll see you in a week with a big W against Lehigh. And that's that. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out of here. Peace.